Well, hello and welcome back to Earth Like Heaven. My name is Doug Ressler and joining me as always is Robbie Sherry. And we are here to help you close the gap between heaven and earth in your life by learning to live like Jesus. Robbie, last year, kind of just to give people a little recap, maybe they're just kind of getting, they're just starting to join the podcast or they're just getting started. What were some of the things that we looked at last year? What was kind of the general thrust of the podcast? I think we tried to explore just that the way of Jesus is better in all things. And we tried to examine just daily daily interactions people might have, daily experiences, and compared to what the world would say is normal or this is just the way it is, we tried to postulate another idea that Jesus's way is better. Yeah. And um, and we based that upon kind of our own experience, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is not something like an abstract thought. It's not a philosophical concept. It's not an ethical system that we're trying to promote. It's really about something that arises from our own experience and certainly the experience of so many that we know and love and, and care for and, and have the opportunity to walk alongside in our different respective roles just sort of that we play in life. And, uh, you know, uh, for those who may not be aware, I'm, uh, I'm a pastor of a local church, and so I get the opportunity to really walk alongside people from all different walks of life. And Robbie, you are uh, a school teacher, and so you get to walk alongside parents and mm-hmm. teenagers and you know, again, all kinds of questions and all kinds of things pop up along the way. So, you know, some of the things that, uh, you know, we, as you think about, we're, we're making this argument, obviously, we're making this assertion that the way of Jesus really is the best way to live. And we had all these reasons, right, that we kind of laid out right. last year, right? Like almost by definition sort of engenders pushback. Mm-hmm. It's sort of, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, right? So right. we put out there, hey, we think the way of Jesus is better. And we got some feedback from people that we know that, you know, tune in this podcast every now and again, and they're like, oh, whoa, 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 time out. I've got some objections. I've got some questions. I've mm-hmm. got, I'm not so sure that's true. So what were some of the things that, you know, as you can think about objections to those who might be out there that are saying, ah, oh, you're going to have to do a little bit more to convince me that this sure. way of Jesus really is better because I see X, Y, and Z happening in the world around me, or I've had X, Y, Z experiences in my own life or in my family or whatever it might be. And I'm not so sure I buy it. What, what, what are some of the things that we run into as soon as you kind of go down that road? I think the danger that people run into in talking about Christianity is we can make it, we can make it sound prescriptive. And mm-hmm. hopefully in season one, you and I didn't right. do that. that right, we, right. You know, it's not a if then. Right, exactly. Because right. when people hear that, then the tendency for all of us is to personalize our own experiences mm-hmm. against what we hear is sort of this solution to everything. Mm-hmm. And we want to say, well, what about? And the what about objections tend to be very personal on their life experiences. Mm-hmm. And I love what you said. Our argument for Jesus being better is is really you and I living life. It's, right. I think, in anything that we do, C.S. Lewis talks about the, the completeness, the fullness mm-hmm. of an experience really doesn't happen until you share it with someone. Right, right. And I think that's true. I mean, if any time you have something incredible happen, mm. typically each of us has one or two people in our lives that we have to text, yeah. we have to call, we have to, you're never going to believe yeah. what happened. Right. Because we, we want to bounce that off people. We want to share it with them. And so when, when you and I talk, one of the things I love about this is we go, wait, I've tried it over here yeah. and it, it didn't work. And I followed Jesus and come on in the water's warm. We want to share it with people. So the, right. the objections to that, I think typically are the, well, what about this experience in my life? Your formula doesn't fit. And so I think what we want to do is avoid formula. Right, exactly. And we want yeah. to avoid prescriptive theology mm-hmm. and really just bring this to the every person to kind of say, here's, here's what we know to be true. Right, because this is really one of the oldest 
questions that the people of God have been wrestling with for a millennia or more. I mean, the oldest book in the Bible is the book of Job. It was the right. first book that was written chronologically mm-hmm. in the Bible. Of course, it doesn't show up until you know you get to the wisdom literature in the Old Testament, but, but chronologically, it was the very first book written. It's the oldest book. And what question does it deal with? Well, it questions with, it, the, the question it deals with is, why do like bad things, terrible things, horrible things happen to someone who is godly, someone who is good, someone who is doing everything right. And I think right from the jump, the Bible is saying there, no, this is not about a formula. Right, right. This is not an if-then. This is not a some contractual agreement that we have with God that if you fulfill your part, God will do his part Mm -hmm. or vice versa. No, it's, it's, it's not about that. It's really about a relationship. I know we say that, you know, in Christian circles, we say that all the time. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship. It's not about rules. It's about a relationship. And to some extent, that can become a little bit cliche. Mm-hmm. But it's actually true. There's a lot of truth underneath it. That's what's being offered here yeah. is a relationship that abides no matter what happens in your life, whether mm-hmm. life is good and you're on top of the mountain and, man, you, you're just like killing it, or life is terrible and you're, it's killing you and you're just at the bottom. And you're wondering, like, how am I going to get out of this? Either way, the Lord has promised to be with you. And that's ultimately what he tells Job. I mean, he tells Job, look, I'm not going to give you an answer for why all these things happen. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm enough. Right. Right. And Job, to his credit, accepts that. And and that's really the kind of the message of the book is that God is enough. And God doesn't answer to us. And God is, you know, he doesn't have to. And even if he could give us all these answers, like, on some level, I'm not sure we'd accept them because... Again, we don't have God's perspective, right? Right, right. Yeah, from our perspective, I, I love, I was just teaching this uh, to some of my students in the parable of the rich young ruler. Mm-hmm. You know, for those of you unfamiliar with it, rich young ruler comes to Jesus and says, good teacher, what must I do to be saved? Um, which is fundamentally all of our questions. Mm-hmm. We, want, we want to know, hey, how do I get heaven? Right, right, what do I need right, to do? Give me, right. give me the checklist, right? Give me the prescription. And Jesus responds first with, why do you call me good? There's no one good but God alone. Kind of the cheeky, mm-hmm, you just right. called me God right. response. Right. Um, and then he rattles off this list of some of the Ten Commandments, very sort mm-hmm. of haphazardly. Mm-hmm. He reminds me, you know, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't, don't take other people's stuff. Right. And the rich young ruler says, you know, all these things I've kept from my youth. And the Bible yeah. just has a period right there. But I, yeah. I have to think that there's a longer pause right. than just the period. Right, because right. Jesus knows, and the rich young ruler knows, and anybody reading it knows that that is a flat-out lie, that this guy has not kept these things from his youth. And the very next sentence says, and Jesus loved him. Hmm. Yeah. And then Jesus responds with, go sell everything. That little sentence right there, then Jesus loved him, I find fascinating because Mm -hmm. I guarantee the rich young ruler did not feel loved after Jesus' next sentence. And Mm. most of us want to, we want to define love for ourselves and we Mm. don't want to accept love on God's terms. Mm. So when God responds to Job and his ways being higher than Job's ways, higher than Job's thoughts, like, like you say, we, God can't articulate some of them to us. And if he does, we would probably say, well, that's not very loving God. Right. Because we, we want to tell God what's love rather right. than accepting God's terms for us. Yeah, and we just don't have God's perspective, God's knowledge. I mean, how do you take an infinite sort of consciousness and sort of squeeze it into a finite mind? You know, and all right. this. There was a television show years ago. The name is escaping me off the top of my head, but it was about a young woman who um, talked with God. 
Murder, I, She Wrote. No, it wasn't Murder, She Wrote. What was it? <laughs> it was something else. I don't remember. It's a young woman, and uh, I can picture it. And I, 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 I don't watch a lot of television, but I remember seeing one episode because someone had told me about this where, and she's like a solving murders and doing all kinds of, you know, stuff. Anyway, so she is, she, there's one episode where she like asks God to like understand why something happened. Mm -hmm. And God says, okay, I'll give you like a taste. And the very next scene, she wakes up from like a coma in the hospital. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And the, and the message was like what she saw in that moment was so overwhelming. She, she couldn't handle it. Right. 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 Yeah. And it was a sense of like, like that's if, if we even, if God could impart to us, like let's say his perspective or whatever, it just, it would be so overwhelming the amount of information that would come along with that or the amount of perspective that would come along with that, that it would, uh, yes, Joan of Arcadia. Good job, Jake Lanier. So <laughs> that's that. Is that what it is? TV show. Is that Joan what it is? Arcadia. Joan of Arcadia? Yeah. Not Dude, nice pull, man. Like, did you, do you watch that? This is like a, your favorite show? Is that like a young Angela Lansbury? Right. What are we talking about here? Anyway. <laughs> nice, I think you're... I mean, the point, the point being that she was just overwhelmed. And I think that that's right. I mean, like, like, if God could even give us the answer as to why he does things or why he allows things or whatever it is that we're, whatever it is that we're experiencing that we're wrestling with, it causes us to object mm-hmm. right to him, which in itself, oh, by the way, is really fascinating. Right. Like to me, like I, I've talked to friends who are atheists who have all these objections mm-hmm. to God, right? Right. And I'm like, but if you're really an atheist, why do you even care? You should have no care. Like, because none of it matters, man. Right. And if you don't believe God is real, then why are you even objecting to him? Right. But the objections are real and they are visceral and they are personal and they are emotional even. I mean, man, I have good. I have a great friend who... Man, he is like emotionally invested in the destruction of God wow. or like, or like the destruction of religion in the world because he thinks that he's, he'll just come out and say it. He thinks it's like the most evil force, you know, in the world. He thinks yeah. it's the source of all evil and, and division and pain and suffering in the world is religion. And he wants to eradicate it. He wants to get rid of it. But he has a visceral, even like his atheist friends are like, man, you're like really... You're like really hung up on this, you're like man. A, you're like a Shiite <laughs> right, atheist. Right. It's like, you're like really passionate about this, man. Like, and so it just begs the question, like, why would you be so passionate about something that doesn't actually exist? Right. If that's what you really believe. Or maybe it is not what you really believe. And maybe there's something deeper. Right. And that's, that's what I'm excited yeah. to explore with you. I yeah. think it, so all of these objections that people mm-hmm. are going to push back against why Jesus is better I don't know that all of them will totally satisfy every personal mm. experience that people have. But I do think, again, it's going to point to, well, how, how's what you're doing working right. for you? Right, right, right. And I think ultimately what it points to is like whether you have, let's say you're, you're a strong believer and you just embrace the Christian, the Christian way. Maybe you listened last, you know, the first season you were like, yes, 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 yes. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm all in. And it just really reaffirmed for you why you believe what you did or what you do. And we think that's awesome. Like that, totally. that's, that's, that's a beautiful outcome that we would hope would come from a, a, a podcast like this is that you would experience that at the same time. Maybe you went the other way. Maybe you like listen to it and you're like, this is all a bunch of crap and I don't buy a mint. I don't buy a word of it. And I think it's, you know, for the birds and here's why and da, 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 da. And you had all these emotional, very, very strong emotions around it. 
and 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 very strong objections to it. I think either way, what it what it really shows, if you kind of get down to the most fundamental level, the most bedrock level, is that again for all of us, every single human being on the face of the earth, there is a, a God shaped hole in our hearts that we're responding to. Yeah. And either we respond to it by by embracing God and filling that hole, or we respond to it by completely giving God the stiff arm and trying to keep him at harm's length. But that's, that God-shaped hole is still present, which is why it's such an emotional mm-hmm. reaction. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just amazing. Like I said, amazing to me. I mean, when I read atheist books or when I engage with atheists that I know, and I, I know some, some pretty brilliant atheists on some level, there's an emotional connection to this whole conversation that I find, mm-hmm. again, fascinating. If, in fact, there is no God, none of it's real. Right. I mean, I don't know about you, but I typically don't have emotional responses to things that are not real. I do. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like LARPers. Like LARPers. Yeah. Rodents yeah. of unusual size. Yeah. Yes. No, LARPers yes. are those live action role playing right. people. Yeah. <laughs> Dress in costume. That's right. Yeah, you have, have emotional response. Cosplay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah right. Don't, don't, take you to, don't take you to a cosplay. No, it's uh, interesting. <laughs> I mean, exactly what you're talking about is bumper sticker theology where, yeah, right. you know, somebody has a, somebody has a, an ichthus on the back of their car. People right. go, Right. You might you know, want to explain what an ichthus is. It's by the, way. Uh, the little fish shaped, yes, you know, metal yes, thing yeah. that. I like the one where Darwin, like the Darwin fish, is eating the ichthus. Yeah, and then yeah. there's the yeah. truth fish. Yes, the, the Darwin fish. That's, yes, that's, the, exactly, yeah. that's exactly. I right. want to make like the sixth iteration. Yes, of that. you do. Yes, you do. Going. The Robbie fish but eating like, the truth why fish. Why does that make you so yeah. upset? Right. If if there's some, you know, exactly what you're saying. If you have a a leprechaun sticker on the right. back of your car. I'm not going to be like, God, it's right. one of those leprechaun believers. Unless it's Notre Dame, then I might have an emotional right. response to that. <laughs> so just so you know. Yeah. But so maybe I do have emotional responses to things some, that yeah, are not real. That's, that's, I'm glad we got to explore this. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, I just think it's, it's something where yeah. if you are a sincere atheist and that's, mm-hmm. that's where I get a little, little frustrated because it seems like for the atheist you you really should not care i do not pay Mm -hmm. a whole lot of attention to somebody who sincerely believes in fairies right i i'm I'm rather dismissive and i go you believe in fairies okay okay, there you go but the idea that somebody wants to Mm -hmm. poke holes in god's love Mm -hmm. god's power god's omniscience Mm. with supposedly no interest Mm -hmm. I just find fascinating. I kind of, cause I think it, I think at the end of the day, people want there to be a God. Yeah, I think so. Atheists, agnostics. It's, it's a great label. If nothing it's else, there's someone excuse. to blame. Yeah. You want somebody right. to blame mm-hmm. when, right. when you finally realize if at some right. point you do realize when the, the uncontrollable situation occurs that mm-hmm. brings you pain and suffering, you need somebody to shake your fist at and it doesn't mm-hmm. work if it's your spouse or your kids when you know deep down that it's not their fault. Right. People want there to be a God and they want in that to know that there's a sunny day on the other side of it, mm-hmm. that there's hope in the midst of it and that they're going to be okay. And the, that's why I think, honestly, mm-hmm. most, most people who claim the atheist or agnostic card tend to be mm-hmm. either... Not always, but either younger or intellectually lazy mm. On the, mm. for the most part. At least that's my experience, mm-hmm. at, you know, in the world that I live in. I know you've got right. probably older people who, who actually have done the work. But I would mm-hmm. say at the end of the day, you kind of want there to be a God. 
You don't yeah. want to shut your eyes, exhale one last time, have the TV screen go blank. You want somewhere deep inside you to think that what you do and why you get up each day matters. Yeah, and I think uh, the atheists that I engage with that have done the work, um, whether I engage it through their books or I engage mm-hmm. it through them just personally, you know, I think about a guy that I, I, I've never met him personally, but I, I love his writing. It's really fascinating. There's a guy named Brian Green. He's an atheist astrophysicist, mm-hmm. and he writes all these books about, you know, Again, physics and time and space and, you know, gravity and theories of relativity and all of these things. Just he's just absolutely brilliant. I mean, he wrote a book called The Elegant Universe. He wrote a book called Until the End of Time. And and he's trying to and he's trying to figure out meaning. Right. Within a sort of atheistic sort of framework. Mm -hmm. And he at least is honest enough to be like, look, uh, the the universe is going to end up cold, inert and dead. So none of it matters. Mm-hmm. Like we have a blip. We are a blip. Now, the question I want to ask him is, if none of it matters, why are you trying so hard to write a book on meaning? Right. <laughs> right. So I, I find it, again, fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like even with this guy who is honest enough to say he doesn't, he's like, if you want to do the Christian thing, then do the Christian thing. I mean, like he's not mad. He's not frustrated or any of those kinds of things. He's not one of those you know, kind of atheists or you right. know, people that are angry or upset or those kinds of things. Instead, he's just like, this is what I believe. I think the whole universe is going to end up cold, dead, and inert. All the energy is going to be spent, and then it's just going to be lifeless. He's still searching for meaning, though. Yep. He's still writing yep. books about meaning. Yeah. Which, again, I just find... Same with uh, Yuval Harari, who's, a again, you know, well-known atheist who writes these great books, New York Times bestsellers, Homo Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind. is kind of his most famous work, but he's, mm. yeah, I mean, people talk to him all the time. And again, he's really like that chill about like, hey, you know, I mean, like he's not upset. He's not angry. He's not, you know, at the same time, he is trying to find meaning. He's trying to find purpose. That's like yeah. what he's full of what his writings are in. And it's like, this is really interesting to me. So I think, again, down deep within all of us, right, the point is, is that there's something within the human psyche Christian, non-Christian, Muslim, Jew, um, Hindu, uh, Buddhist, Scottish. atheist, agnostic, Scottish. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter what background you come from. It doesn't matter where you live in the world. It doesn't matter uh, what your level of education. It doesn't matter what your belief system is. On some level, everybody's asked. There, there's this deep, deep search for meaning, this deep desire to try and want to understand, mm-hmm. which is, again, kind of tying all the way back to where it began, this whole thing. That's why I actually appreciate people who are honest enough to say, you know what? You guys say the way of Jesus is better. I don't think I buy it. I think I, I got all these questions that I need to yeah. have answered before I'm willing to sort of consider or maybe even adopt what you have to say. Um, and so for those of you out there who are listening, who do have these objections and questions, like, I just want you to know, we're not here to make fun of you. We're not here to, to discard those or dismiss those or any of those kinds of things because they're real and they're, they're, they're there to be taken seriously and again, it's how God has wired us on some level. He's wired us to search for meaning. Mm-hmm. That was Viktor Frankl's like famous phrase, the great psychotherapist from Vienna who ended up in the death camps during the Holocaust, Holocaust yeah. and survived. He wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning, and that was his thing. His thing was, you know what? Um, when you take away pleasure, when you take away power, which were kind of the two things that his contemporaries Freud and Adler both said were the two sort of main drives that human beings have, when you're put in a position where both of those are stripped away and you got to go to an even more fundamental level, what are you left with? Mm-hmm. And his thing was meaning. We're, yeah. We search for meaning. And, um, and, and he didn't necessarily 
like land on Christianity as like that's that, that wasn't what he was he wasn't making an apology for that he was just saying at its most fundamental level as a psychotherapist this is what I've seen it's meaning that gets us through and I think everybody is searching for that so yeah. atheist to Christian and everywhere in between like everybody's searching for that and so that's really what we're going to be unpacking is I think we go throughout here we're going to take up topics like um, evil and the sovereignty of God suffering and and um, the sacrifice of God things like in, looking at things like injustice or the chaos of our world and what kinds of questions come out of that um, sin death tragic accidents tragic events where do we find meaning how do we cling to God in the midst of that how does the way of Jesus really help us as we engage in some of those really really deep questions yeah. Of life, and I think uh, it, it will be like I said, unpacking those as we go along, uh, week after week. And so we hope you'll join us as we uh, engage. And if you've got questions that you want to have answered, why well, we want to encourage you, go ahead and email uh, email us at doug at pepc.org. Let us know your feedback. Let us know your comments, your questions, anything that you would like to hear, any questions you have that you might you would like to hear us uh, deal with or answer. We're happy to do that. Um, and we're just going to keep diving deeper into what it means to follow Jesus. Obviously, that's our bent. That's our that's our bias. Is that the way of Jesus truly is better? And gives us resources to handle these things along the way. But again, love your comments, love your reviews on whatever platform you choose to listen to our podcast. Subscribe to stay tuned as we release more episodes in the week ahead. We'll talk to you next time.